0: Hey, hey, this is Eva Miller, and welcome to episode 20 of the show. I'm sticking with the theme of release for the month of January, and today I'm gonna talk about releasing your kids. I think this will really add value to you, whether you're still in the throes of raising kids, or if you've already launched them into the world and they're adults living on their own. Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome to the Eva Show. I'm Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm on a mission to help you acknowledge your worth, reclaim your power, and find your voice in this noisy world. If you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just wanna be reminded that it's A-OK to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. You ready to ditch expectations other people have put on you and rise to become who you've always wanted to be? Let's go. All right. All right. I'm going to use the word mom most of the time today, but please know that I mean this more as a parent, whether you're a mom or a dad, it's just easier for me and more convenient if I just use one word. So if that's all I use, but you're a dude listening to this and you're a dad know that in my heart, this applies to you and I'm sending you lots of love and glitter through the air. All right. So let's face it. Momming is hard work. Dadding's hard work too. If you've raised your kids and you've launched them into the world already, you know it is a job that never stops because you're never not mom. You're never truly off duty, right? You take breaks now and then. Maybe you even get away for a few days without the kids tagging along, but Once you're a mom or a dad, whether that's to stepchildren or foster children or biological children or kids you consider yours by nothing more than heartstrings, you are forever changed as a human being because a piece of your heart is walking around outside your body. The type of tired you are changes because, you know, it's physical tired when they're little because you're chasing them around all the time and they don't sleep. And it's an emotional tired when they get older. Because when they're teenagers, we know they sleep really, really good. But when they're not asleep, they're not home and you don't know where they are and who they're with and what they're doing. And that same kind of tired continues even when they're legit grown adults who support themselves and make every decision on their own. But regardless of the stage of parenting you're in, you have stuff to release. And when I was thinking about releasing kids in this particular area, one of the things that I wondered is Why? why don't moms release their kids? Do they not trust them? Do they not trust themselves? Did they never figure out who they are or develop an identity other than mom and they're afraid to let that go? I don't know if it's any of those reasons, but I do know this. You need to release the guilt over things that you've done wrong with your kids. You need to let go of constantly second-guessing the choices you made. You need to release the need to control and protect them from making a mistake. Making mistakes is how we learn. You need to let go of feeling that you have to meet their every single desire. And obviously I'm talking about things that aren't necessities, right? And particularly as they get a little older, because those things do help develop character when they have to work for things and wait for them. You need to release the need to protect them from everything risky. If babies didn't fall, they'd never learn how to walk. If you're religious, maybe you need to release them to God and have some faith that he or the universe or whatever it is you believe in has their back. Put some trust in something as a parent because you can't carry all that by yourself. You probably need to release the belief that you have to do it all. Because there's no such thing as a perfect mom. But man, there are a ton of good ones out there. And no two are exactly alike. And you don't have to do it all in the house either. Is it easier to do the housework yourself than it is to listen to kids whine and complain when you tell them to do something? Heck yes. Is it easier to do it yourself than to have them do the chore halfway and then you still got to go behind them and do the rest? Yeah. But how is that serving them? What do they learn from that that's going to help them later in life? You're the mom, not the maid. And even if you only have one child, they've still got to learn how to take care of themselves. And if you've got multiple kids, it's multiple mess. But same thing applies. As a parent, your job is to equip your child with real life skills. Kids need to be trained to use the toilet learn and use manners and how to eat with utensils. They need to be trained to take care of where they live. From toddlers to teenagers, everybody has to do something because this is preparation for adulthood. My boys asked why I made them clean air quote, because this is how they, how they phrased it all the time. And I told them it's because I'm not going to clean your house when you move out. And your future partner is going to be grateful for a husband who knows how to take care of a house. And the boys were not impressed with that answer, but I knew I had a job to do and that their approval wasn't going to come along until much later in life. Actually, feel really free to apply that principle to whatever else you need to in life, too, because that's just kind of how it is. And when it comes to parenting, You can think you know it all right now. You can have all the knowledge you can possibly hold today. And you can apply everything perfectly that you think is the best way to do it. But you won't really know what kind of parent you were until your kid has a kid. Then you're going to have a clue as to what kind of parent you were, whether you did hit the mark that you were aiming for or if you missed it and by how much and how often. But there are too many parents running around out there carrying guilt that they shouldn't carry. So let's talk about household chores for a few minutes. There's no age discrimination in our house. Ability, not age, should determine which chores are done by a person. Just because your guy is little doesn't mean he's too little to learn or help. Toddlers can put their toys in a bucket. They can walk their bowl or plate from the sink over to the kitchen counter and they can clean up their bath toys. When they're putting on pajamas for bed, they can put their dirty clothes in the laundry basket. The key is to start young, determine their abilities, and be consistent. If your kid can use any type of electronic device, your kid is old enough and big enough and able enough to be taught how to use and do other things to take care of themselves. If your kid is around... Tennis. That's real close to time to start doing all their own laundry, somewhere in through there, because it starts when they're tiny, walking their dirty clothes into the laundry basket when you put pajamas on them, helping you with other things as you go along, and your attitude can't be that they're doing you a favor when they pitch in. Yes, you should always notice their efforts and and thank them because that's respectful. But remember, you're preparing them for a life independent from you, not dependent on you. And you know, you should keep it simple when it comes to household chores. We didn't make up our beds fancy schmancy style at our house, but we did make them most every day. It's peaceful and it's centering to walk back into a room after the bed's been made. It's not a tragedy if you don't make it. Like nothing bad is going to happen, but it does set a certain tone when you do. And Maybe making your bed isn't something you'd ever point to for being the reason that you feel off sometimes, but there's a chance that it is a shift you'll notice when you do make it. Make it easy for them and you by only using a fitted sheet and a blanket on their bed. A four-year-old can straighten up a small blanket on the bed and put their favorite stuffed animals or pillows on it, and they love to arrange it. You know, just make it up together as many mornings as it takes until she gets the hang of it and then stand there patiently while she does it herself for several mornings. Let your child ask you for help if he wants it or needs it. Sometimes they need it, but they don't want it. No, no, I do it. I do it. And that's okay. And then look, (laughs) it's going to look like a four year old made the bed or a five year old or a seven year old. Resist the urge to fix it when they finish. Just walk out of the room and pat yourself on the back for being a really good parent and teaching her how to take personal responsibility for her life. Right? We used to put a bucket at the front door and a couple of buckets, actually, depending on how much space we had at the front door and how many shoes we put in there. But people are more likely to put things away if it's convenient. We know this science shows us this. And so knowing this, we kept our boys shoes in a bucket near the front door and I noticed they never minded digging for the shoes that they wanted when they wanted to wear them. And it was convenient to put them away. So they got put away most of the time we were never late because we spent 10 minutes looking for the other shoe. We were late for other reasons, but not that. And you know, dirt that dried and fell off of the shoes didn't get all over the entryway floor. It went to the bottom of that bucket. The bucket made the entryway look neater and therefore made mama happy. <laughs> and it, was, it looked less cluttered. And in the beginning, you know, I used to remind them every time they came in the door, put your shoes in the bucket, put your shoes in the bucket, put your shoes in the bucket. But eventually it became second nature and they didn't have to be told every time. I've even taught my grandkids this when they come over to my house. They know to take the shoes off and put them over there. You know, it, when we had more space, I got two buckets, one for each kid. And, you know, for a while we used laundry baskets because they were cheap. And you can buy cute stickers and let them put stickers all over their basket if they want. Whatever helps them take ownership and to feel like they're part of the team. That's anything like that is worth trying. You know, I mentioned laundry a minute ago. Our boys took ownership of washing all their laundry when they were somewhere between 10 and 12. Ryan was a little earlier Drew was a little bit later, but it was a process that started years before that. You know, at 18 months, you can tell them to put their clothes in the laundry basket at pajama time, like I mentioned, but it becomes more intentional when they're about three or four. You know, when I first started teaching them, I put two laundry baskets side by side in the floor of their closet. One basket was white and the other basket was any other color besides white. And they put dirty white clothes in the white basket and dirty clothes that weren't white in the other basket. Now I don't. Please don't ask me why my kids had white clothes. I don't know. I mean, everybody knows kids in white clothing is <laughs> equates with unavoidable, obvious stainage. But you know, my only defense is that I was young and dumb. Okay, but those baskets were good for reinforcing colors. Um, it was good for sorting, and it was good for helping them understand. Um, how to do things in order and when a basket got full it was time to do the load of laundry and you know in the beginning they could only do a few things and they needed a lot of help you know they could twist the washer knob around to wherever I was pointing they could put soap in the machine that I had measured out they could put clothes in that I handed them you know out of the washer and they could put it in the dryer they had a little step stool that they used to you know when it was time to learn about the soap and all that kind of stuff, if they needed it, we had a step stool. They can take clothes out of the dryer and put them in a laundry basket. And eventually it turns into doing towels and then ultimately all their own clothes. And you know, we hung up every item except for socks, underwear, pajamas, and shorts. Because little kids, you can get child size hangers and have your kids put their shirts on them because it's good for their fine motor skills. And it cuts down on dresser drawers that overflow with wrinkled, rumpled clothes. And you know, if you've got older kids, little kids love working with their big siblings. So you know, a 10 year old can help a four year old learn how to match socks. Or heck, don't match the socks. Just buy all the socks the same size and thickness and then just let them mix and match if they want. You know, when it comes to dishes, kids love to help with the dishes right up until they realize that's not actually fun. But while they're young and naive, take advantage of their good attitude and let them do simple, safe things. They can put away spoons in the dishwasher. If your kid can't see into the drawer where they belong, give him a step stool or have him give the items to the older sibling who can reach things and put them away. They can handle plastic bowls and plates without worrying about breaking them. And, you know, let a middle-aged child help with hand-washing or drying or loading the dishwasher. Some of the guidelines that we used were that, when the boys were little, were that we put our own dishes into the dishwasher after snack or lunch. We used the same cup all day. We'd rinse it out in between if it was necessary. But after thoroughly teaching all the aspects of cleaning up after a meal, We assigned each boy a day. One boy had odd days and the other one had the even days. And on his day, the boy loaded the dishwasher after dinner and wiped out the sink afterwards. Nobody liked to load because the loader had to also hand wash the pots and pans that couldn't go in the dishwasher. But assigning it that way to odd and even days eliminated the arguments about who loaded last and whose turn it was to unload. And if they ever had to switch days because of a social activity or something, The switch had to happen the next day. You couldn't put it off, you know, for three days where they would forget about it or argue about it or whatever. And before Drew, he was the youngest, before he was ready to do it all, I alternated days with Ryan and Drew would unload and hand dry, dry the hand washables if it was necessary. And when they proved that they were both proficient at cleaning the kitchen, I changed the schedule and all of us took turns, but they still did a lot of it. And, you know, at one point I remember Ryan, he's the oldest. Ryan joked and told me when, well, he wasn't joking. I laughed, but he wasn't kidding. He said he cleans the kitchen better than anybody else. And it's true. And he swears it's because he quote unquote got so much practice, but whatever works, right? And, you know, when it comes to the bathroom, we started slowly, just like we did with the kitchen, wipe off the sink with the sponge, empty the trash can, hang up your wet towel or, you know, put it in the hamper. Those can all be done by a five-year-old. I taped a list on the wall, the things that should be included when cleaning the bathroom. And we worked on them as their ability improved. And when they were teenagers, I had each of them clean it once a week in the beginning. Like it's because they only did it halfway. Okay. They each needed the practice. And so between one doing it halfway and the other one kind of doing it halfway, eh, their bathroom was mostly clean most of the time but one boy cleaned on Tuesday and the other one cleaned on Friday and they alternated it. And then when they got better, we only one of them cleaned once a week and they hated it. And I remember one time drew was like, mom, why is this list still hanging on the wall telling us what to do? And I was like, well, when you can memorize it and learn to do all of the things that need to be done when cleaning the bathroom without utilizing the list, I'll take it down. He was not impressed, but, You know, I did the best I could. And you know, when it comes to household chores with kids, you have to stay focused on the big picture. You know, the boys started sweeping and vacuuming their bedrooms. They were probably around seven-ish. And yeah, it looked like a seven-year-old did it. And sometimes it was really annoying to stand there and make them re-sweep the corners or under the bed or whatever. But they got better with time. And pretty soon, you couldn't tell who had swept it, me or them. And Turning my kids into clean freaks was never the goal, and it probably isn't yours either. But my responsibility was to equip them with the knowledge to take care of themselves and their living space so that they could become independent adults. It would have been easier and faster to do it myself, but that wouldn't have prepared them for adulthood. And you know... Some days it drove me crazy to sit there while I broke down the process of cleaning their room into bite-sized pieces, you know? Okay, start with picking up all the Legos and then waiting for them to pick them all up. Oh my gosh. Now clean up all the Ninja Turtle toys and then I'd sit there and wait again. Now pick up all the G.I. Joe stuff in the G.I. Joe bin and put it in there and then I'd wait again. It got old. It was boring, but eventually that became asking them where they wanted to put it and where they thought it should go and how they thought things should be broken down. And sometimes I would confirm it. Sometimes I'd suggest a different way. And eventually I would say, yeah, you can do this. And then I'd walk away while they did it, but I have to go back and check it. And that, you know, sometimes I didn't want to do that. I wanted to just be like, oh, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But They could come to me if they, you know, come back and do it if they forgot anything. But consistency on my part was just as important in the process as anything else. And sometimes that process felt like it was never going to end. But ultimately, it really was worth the time and the patience on my part. But, you know, there's never going to come a time when a parent says, well, that's it. My kid's equipped with everything he needs to know for life and he's all set to go on his own. He's fine and won't make any mistakes at all. And so if you're behaving as if you're waiting for that to happen, for that day to arrive, you got to rethink your expectations. Because know that a crisis doesn't create character. It reveals it. So as your kid is growing, take note. And when he comes upon a challenge and maybe doesn't handle it very well, focus on giving him the tools so he can learn and do better next time because there will be a next time. And so how do you release kids when they're already grown? Like you've been teaching them real life skills to live, to take care of themselves, to learn how to cook so they can feed themselves and take care of the area where they live. What about when they're grown? In a nutshell, after they're grown, the way you release them, mind your own business. That's it. That's the way. You know, you're probably thinking, oh, there's some gray area here. You know, my kid's in college and I'm paying for it or, you know, something like that. And to a degree, I agree with that. But ultimately, you had 18 years to prepare them for the world. 18 years to teach them how to regulate their emotions, to talk about work ethic. 18 years to discuss time management. Peer pressure, which is really important. We think it's only important during the teenage years, but look around at some adults, you know, they're probably living to impress other people because somehow they've gotten the message that that's the thing that has to be done to make them fit in or to be approved of. Peer pressure is legit. You've got 18 years to work on that. 18 years for character training to learn to have the right attitude and the approach that they need when they mess something up. You've basically had 18 years to disciple your kid, and at some point you have to trust that your kid has all the tools necessary to build his own life with, because that part isn't yours to do. It's theirs, just like creating your life is your responsibility. So when your man child or woman child tells you something that's going on in his or her life and The red flags are just screaming at you because you're older and you're wiser and you're more experienced and you recognize them easier. Resist the urge to tell your kid how to handle it. Tactics should have changed by now. When he or she was little, you told, you instructed, you showed. But as they grew, you stopped telling them and you start asking. Lecture less, listen more. Ask them questions. And when you do, Listen to how they think, not just what they think, but how they get there. Hear their passions, their dreams, and their ideas. Because your kids are creative and they're smart and they're resilient and they are capable of learning from their mistakes just like you have. So don't spout off advice when they're telling you stuff. When your kid has a kid, don't tell them everything to do with their new baby. And when they're talking to you, listen between the lines, under the noise. Listen to how they identify what's theirs to do, what they think is up to them. Listen to their approach to problem solving and how they figure things out for themselves. We have a policy, Moose and I, we do not give advice until they point blank say, what should I do? Or what do you think? And even then, We really try to empower them with responses like, well, you've already probably already thought of this, but would blank help in this situation? Or we're known for saying, huh, have you considered dot, dot, dot in this situation? Because then what happens is our kids start saying things like, yeah, I did. And I was thinking this, but maybe that, and I don't really know. Talking about it helps them. If you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach him to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And you are teaching your kids to fish for their own answers to life. That's how you release them. You rest in the knowledge that you did the best you could with what you knew when you were raising them and that they are doing the best they can with where they are right now. That's it. That's all I've got for you today. I love you. And I'll be back next week with some incredible, incredible inspiration for you. See you then. Okay, girlfriend, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at I'm Eva Miller. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon.